1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
2: in 20 minutes, college football playoff rankings. The first set is revealed and you'll hear from the college football playoff committee chair. Also this hour, your chance to ask Amy anything. No, I'm not telling you who's winning the Super Bowl. And no, I'm not telling you who's winning the World Series. But if you have some other questions then I'm happy to answer those. <laughs> uh, you can find the post bright orange box because it's still fall and orange is my favorite color regardless of what time of the year. Uh, that's on our show Twitter after hours CBS. And I know a lot of you are answering our show question about the best home field, home court, home ice advantages in sports. So twofer on Twitter after hours CBS or on our Facebook page after hours with Amy Lawrence. And we're happy to answer those questions coming up in say 30-ish minutes, but producer Jay has the control over the questions, so you want to appeal to him. You want to go to him with your best and brightest and most creative and then I will answer as best as I possibly can. Uh, So that's coming up this hour as well as college football playoff rankings, the latest from the Michigan State uh, line of suspensions because the list is growing. We've got a lot going on this show. It's so perfect to usher in November, right? We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can.
3: Murray back to throw.
2: And it is. Is it lost? Oh, my goodness. It's hot. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back
4: from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade.
0: Cooper cuts. Got it. Touchdown, L.A. Burrow back to throw. Looking. Firing deep for Chase in the end zone. He's got it.
5: Mahomes fires for the end
4: zone, caught! Touchdown, Kansas City! And off to Eckler again, no, Herbert keeps it, end zone, touchdown! Chargers! Herbert with his second of the day. Here's
5: the snap, Josh going to keep it himself and
4: run it again inside the five, into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo! Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run, the Bills respond and then some.
0: It's time for QB News on After Hours.
2: We talked about a few of the big trades around the deadline on Tuesday. Bradley Chubb, the linebacker for the Broncos, heading to Miami. Uh, And then Jeff Wilson also heading to Miami. So the Dolphins are going all in, peeps. The Bears pick up Chase Claypool from the Steelers. And how about this? While we're talking receivers, the Falcons trade away the suspended Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars. He's out all season long, but he will return as a member of Doug Peterson's Jacksonville offense. The Bills make a move. They trade away Zach Moss and a pick to the Indianapolis Colts for running back and receiver Naeem Hines. And then we also know that the Lions traded tight end TJ Hawkinson inside the DNFC North Division. So that's where we begin with this edition of QB News. Kirk Cousins has a brand-new weapon. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network with the latest. All hey.
1: right. It really didn't seem like there was any momentum toward a new deal for T.J. Hawkinson, which, you know, if you're the Detroit Lions, he, of course, very, very good player, but was drafted by the previous regime, and if it's not someone you definitely want to pay more than $13 million per year, like, say, David Njoku got, then the trade for a future draft pick makes a lot of sense. For the Minnesota Vikings, they, of course, are dealing with a high ankle sprain. For Irv Smith, he now is considered week to week, so sounds like he is going to miss a considerable time, may even end up landing an injured reserve. We'll see where that all goes. They have someone to take his place in the short term, a really, really good tight end, especially when it comes to yards after the catch and plus a potential replacement for Irv Smith going forward. This is a win-now move for the Minnesota Vikings and also one that will come in huge in the future.
2: Right now, TJ Hawkinson is sitting on three touchdowns, nearly 400 yards in the seven games he's played this year. I think he is a great weapon This bolsters the Vikings roster of receivers and targets for Kirk Cousins. Uh, Think about it. Justin Jefferson, he mentions Irv Smith, who's dealing with the ankle sprain, but Dalvin Cook as well. They've got Adam Thielen, guys who can make a difference, and different looks that the Vikings can throw at defenses. Right now, they are 6-1. and They've won five consecutive games, far and away the best team in the NFC North. The Lions, of course, the other end of that division at one and six. And lo and behold, it's Packers and Lions in week nine in the NFL. And that is a perfect segue into Aaron Rodgers doing his Tuesday appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And he was asked I don't love this line of questioning, but I think Aaron's response is a pointed one and takes you in a different direction. Can the Packers take away any? moral victories any positives from their fourth consecutive loss which came to the Bills on Sunday Night Football there's
3: never any moral victories you know I never really believe in that I think there's things you can take from certain games that might give you confidence moving forward but we've never really been a moral victory team in Green Bay we're about wins and when you're not having wins and you're slumping I think the most important thing is just to see how we deal with adversity and if we're going to stick together. And uh, I haven't really seen any uh, negative clips, so I'm assuming that, that means that we stuck together in the post game <laughs> and, and nobody was kind of throwing shade on anybody else or, or passing the blame, which is important.
2: Aaron Rodgers has been on that. He said as long as we stick together, this is fixable. Uh, if no one breaks ranks, then we're good to go. But four straight losses is... A tough spot to be in. And there's been rumblings about changes on the defensive side of the ball. Matt LaFleur has nipped those in the bud. They've got the Lions this week. How about this? Packers have dropped four in a row. Lions five in a row. But no doubt there will be plenty of interest on that NFC North battle. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. While he's talking about positives and looking for reasons to believe a turnaround is coming. Aaron actually likes the direction the Packers are headed.
3: Last week when I said about feeling like the Packers, it was more just we're practicing like a good football team. And I don't feel like we had consistently been doing that week to week. And there's been times over the past where, you know, you have some rough weeks of practice or things don't look perfect and go out and just light it up. And there's been times you practice incredible and go on the field and and have a hard time scoring so it doesn't always correlate but the feeling of it the energy it just felt better pre-game this was the first game uh, of the season where it really felt like we were ready to play like energetically um, and that's a weird thing to put your finger on but it's more just a feeling that we're dialed in and we're locked in and ready to go and, and again obviously it doesn't translate to a win but that energy I think is encouraging for us moving forward
2: Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee also asked about his relationship with head coach Matt LaFleur, who's felt the heat a little bit these last couple of weeks. Right.
3: Generally how it goes, you know, as you get closer with a the coach, there become more conversations about actually the non, you know, X's and O's stuff. It's more about the character of the team and the confidence of the team and the vibe and the energy that we have. And, um, and yeah, Matt and I, you know, are always you know, kind of connected in conversations and, uh, really appreciate that relationship and you know it's on it's on the leadership of the football team and uh, that includes him and, and the staff to continue to keep it together and be putting out the right energy and the right mindset and the right uh, words to to get guys to know that hey still a lot to play for uh you know and but at the same time there's got to be a lot of accountability about the way we have played
2: Ownership, accountability, discipline, leadership, those are also important if the Packers are going to turn things around. I will say this about Green Bay. There are plenty of opportunities for them to win a wild card. Uh, they've got so much competition right now because the bulk of the NFC is mediocre. There's a couple of bad teams. There's a couple of good teams. And then there's everybody else. And that's where the Packers fall. There's a long way to go, more than half the season still, I don't think it's impossible for them to make the playoffs but I think it's got to happen soon and the schedule is still so tough post Detroit as for Matt LaFleur as much as the focus has been on the defensive struggles and the number of points and yards they've been giving up he actually turns that around and points back to Aaron Rodgers not specifically but Aaron Rodgers is the leader of the Green Bay offense
6: as a whole as a team we have to play better complementary football, and then we might not be having this conversation. And I don't think that's – it hasn't been consistent at all. It's like it's uh, one side is doing it, the other side isn't. you got to play complementary football and understand that there's going to be some moments where uh, one side of the ball may be struggling. That's where the other side of the ball has to kind of pick it up.
2: See, I agree with that, and I appreciate that he points it out because what we talk about, and then we talked about this with the Ravens and those fourth-quarter comebacks that they uh, saw from opponents on their own field. Uh, we just talked about it, actually, in some of the games this weekend where you've got a, a defense that's worn out from playing a really long offensive drive by the other team and then you turn around uh, after a three and out and you have to go right back on the field. So the offense does the team no favors because A three and out barely gives the defense time to take a breath. I I hate that. Uh, You've got to have something more from the offense, especially late. If for no other reason than to give that defense a blow, to give them an opportunity to catch their breath and be able to find some energy to go back out on the field. If your time of possession is so completely skewed, that eventually means your defense is going to wear out. And we do see that with the ball control teams. Uh, In fact, we talked about it with Bengals and Browns in the third quarter. The Browns come out of that third quarter, the halftime. That was Monday Night Football, right? And they've got the 11-0 lead. They get the ball to start the third quarter. What do they do? They go on a six-minute touchdown drive, right? So they have the ball for six minutes. Now the Bengals' defense, even though they just came out of halftime, they're winded. And what do the Bengals do on offense? Three snaps and back to the Browns, and that just puts the Bengals' defense on its heels and means they're going to wear out faster. So, yes, Matt LaFleur is so, tr- is so right. He makes a great point. The defensive struggles are very often connected with the pressure that's being put on them by an offense that's doing a whole lot of nothing. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Some QB news here. Let's shift now to Tom Brady on his Let's Go podcast. His partner, co-host Jim Gray, did ask him about what's happening in his personal life, which includes his divorce that was finalized last Friday.
7: I think there's a lot of professionals in life that go through things that they deal with at work and they deal with at home. And obviously the good news is things, it's a very amicable situation. And I'm really focused on two things and taking care of my family and certainly my children and secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. So that's what professionals do. You focus at work when it's time to work. And then when you come home, you focus on the priorities that are at home. And all you can do is the best you could do. And that's what I'll just continue to do as long as I'm working and as long as I'm being a dad.
2: So Tom Brady and Jim Gray on the Let's Go podcast. And if you've paid any attention to Tom Brady's career, you know that his family is so important to him. His parents, they've been very supportive. Uh, His dad gets defensive of him, but his mom, his sisters, he's often talked about how he was raised by his sisters too. And so they taught him how to be a gentleman and how to respect women. Uh, And so that was another part of him speaking about his personal life on Monday.
7: I have incredible parents that have always taught me the right way to do things uh, you know I want to be a great father to my children and always try to do things the right way as well and to deal with things that in your life uh, that have challenges you want to deal with the, in the best possible way so I want to always be able to hold my head high on and off the field and I'm going to try to continue to do that for as long as I'm here
2: It wouldn't surprise me if Brady makes a renewed commitment to football because there are a lot of human beings, and I would say that includes me sometimes, who find solace and an escape in focusing on work. I can, in fact, and I did after my grandmother passed away, find a break in locking my brain in on nothing but radio and sports radio. And at times, it felt weird. It felt wrong. It almost felt like I was betraying my grandmother to talk about sports and to laugh about sports. And still, I struggle with that. I struggle with that on nights when our country has gone through a tragedy or a natural disaster. But I do understand what Brady's talking about when he says that there is an opportunity at work to be able to to set the personal aside for a time. Hey.
7: I think that's what being a professional is. So I've dealt with a lot of challenging situations on and off the field over 23 years. And a lot of it does play out, um, you know, in front of a lot of people. So, you know, it's, I think the interesting thing for, you know, football player athlete in general is, you know, you're out there. And I always say we're not actors, you know, even though we're on TV, you know, that is our real self out there. We're trying to do our best. That's how people, really had gotten to know me over the years by being on TV and that is an authentic self that's out there to compete with my teammates every day and you're giving all you can to the team. And you know, everyone's going through different things. We all have our unique challenges in life and we're all humans and we do the best we could do.
2: He's a lot more open and vulnerable when it comes to Jim Gray and the Let's Go podcast. He's comfortable there and that's his space and his forum and he's right. This is not unique to him, so I appreciate him acknowledging that there are people out there who are struggling with uh, situations in their own personal lives that are, I don't want to say far more painful, but just as painful and just as difficult. His mom battled cancer and he continued to play football as well, so there's a lot to that mental toughness. Um, but it doesn't make it easier. And it, what did he tell us in the preseason? I'm 45, man. I got a lot of bleep going on. And we now know that this has been going on for quite a while. It didn't happen. Just to clarify, uh, if you pay any attention to the timing of this and to what's been going on, uh, some of the reports that have come out, this was not just about him returning to football. It's Things have been troubling at home for a while.
7: I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of-
2: Also, just as a side note, I hate that people joke about him and his wife getting divorced. Whether or not you think that's funny, maybe consider the three kids who are left in the lurch. Uh, As a child whose parents have gone through multiple divorces, I have a heart for kids who go through this. It is tough. It's painful. It's confusing. uh, And it seems as though these two are amicable and are putting their kids first. But that's not what my father did and it can be really difficult when kids are caught in the middle it's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio uh, shifting now to an offense that has struggled in the AFC similar to the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Uh, the Jets are five and three but with Zach Wilson back it's been a mess and against the Patriots he was exposed three interceptions uh, without Brees Hall. They really didn't have the running game compliment. And so Robert Sala having to answer questions about his second year QB.
3: I've got full confidence in Zach. We all do. Um, um, you know, it's not like he hasn't had bad games before and he stepped up and, and has followed it with good days. So, you know, with the way he preps and the way he practices and, and the questions he asks, uh, we've got faith that he'll continue continue to find ways to get better. Zach, obviously, is the quarterback. He's got the ball in his hands. He's the most uh, obvious in terms of being uh, critical on, but he's gotten a lot better. Expect him to continue to get better. Uh, do I expect it all to be clean? No, every quarterback has their days, but, I, um, but he's our quarterback because we think he's going to get better and he's going to continue to prove why he's the number two pick.
2: Right now, three touchdowns and five interceptions and averaging barely more than 200 yards per game. His completion rate is just over 50%. He's pressing, according to Robert Sala, and it goes back to a theme that he used last year in Zach's rookie year. It's okay to be boring. It's okay to be... Checking down or throwing the ball out of bounds to avoid some type of interception. And Zach should know that by now. I know he's only a second-year guy, but those things need to become ingrained if you're going to stick as a starting quarterback in the NFL. An offense that's not struggling—how about that? A positive theme. The Kansas City Chiefs—they bring in another weapon, and they do it by trading for Kadarius Tony with the New York Giants. So this is a former first-round pick. He's in his second year. He's had some health issues, but apparently not now that he's with the Chiefs and Andy Reid.
6: I think that's a nice addition by Brett. Um, he is healthy right now, which is which is a good thing. Uh, look forward to getting him in in the mix somehow. Um, we're working through that. Um, we'll just see how, how it sorts out here. We've we've uh, we've got one football and we have got a few guys <laughs> that we like to get the ball to, and and, uh, and and we'll just we'll see how he fits in. I, I, I'm not expecting him to uh, learn the whole offense in a day. Um, I, I think it'll be a gradual process going forward. Even though he's a he is a smart kid, so um, I'm sure he'll pick it up
2: relatively fast. Andy Reid says we got a lot of guys, and or no, he said we got a few guys and one ball. <laughs> a few, yes, and one Patrick Mahomes who absolutely loves uh, to distribute the football. Beautiful. I know uh, it's it's totally beautiful. I enjoy watching the Chiefs, and that's why I fear for the World Series in Game Seven if they end up playing on Sunday because Mahomes, like Steph Curry, is. A magnet for viewers, even for casual fans who want to see what other crazy thing he's going to do next. He just, he makes football fun. All right. On Twitter, after hours, CBS, the best home field, home court, home ice advantages around pro sports. Uh, You could say college sports too. I know some of you have answered with college sports. And then also you've got a few minutes left to send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. Straight ahead they are more conversation starters, but the very first set of college football playoff rankings because it's November.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Peeps, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
6: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
3: Hooker out of the shotgun, drops, looks, still looks, still looks, fires, got touchdown, in. open, touchdown, Tennessee. Guess who?
4: Jalen Hyatt again, his second of the night. And Jalen Hyatt now has set the single season record for touchdown passes. That's his
2: 14th of the season.
4: This is After Hours with
0: Amy Lawrence.
2: Tennessee Volunteers moved to 8-0 with a convincing win over a previously ranked Kentucky squad. 44-6 was the final last Saturday. Bob Kessling on Learfield. Now coming up a major test this weekend against the number third ranked team in the land. The defending national champion, Georgia. So Tennessee and Georgia is the game to watch at 3:30 Eastern Time on CBS. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Tennessee is the number 1 ranked team in the first set of college football playoff rankings and it's the first time in the Volunteers history that they've ever cracked The top four. So pretty amazing. Boo Corrigan is the committee chair. And he answered a few questions about these initial rankings. Now, keep in mind that these rankings are more conversation starters. They're not beholden. It's really a snapshot of where these teams are right now with so much real estate left before the end of the season and the final rankings. But what made Tennessee the obvious choice for number one? When you look
5: at the three teams, all three very, very good teams that the committee really liked, I think the two wins that you're looking at with Alabama at LSU really uh, sealed the day for uh, Tennessee.
2: Boo Corrigan doing uh, an interview with ESPN uh, following these rankings getting released. It's a 13-member committee, and they went with Tennessee, number one, Ohio State, number two, Georgia, number three, and then Clemson, number four. Undefeated Michigan is five, and then you've got Nick Saban's Alabama squad with one loss at number six ahead of an undefeated TCU Ohio State has got the nod over the defending national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. Why?
5: I think the explosive nature of their offense at Ohio State, uh, and C.J. Stroud, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, that went over uh, Penn State the way they came back to win that game. Again, very close, uh, two well-balanced teams. But at the end of the day, the committee decided that – we would go with Ohio State number two and Georgia number three.
2: According to Corrigan, the explosive nature of the offense at Ohio State was the difference. Um, Now, you've got this weird space that the Big 12 is inhabiting, right, because um, of the – well, it's not 12 teams. Uh, and so they, they are in a space where they don't have the same conference power and conference clout as some of these other conferences do. And that was also a question for Corrigan about how to evaluate the Big 12 compared to its Power 5 conference counterparts because it's not the same right now. It's in this weird transitional space.
5: You know this uh, from previous years here. We, we really don't look at conferences. We're looking at individual teams. The um, Kansas State win uh, last week over Oklahoma State was really uh, quite a win by them. But, but again, at the end of the day, we're just trying to pick the best teams that we can and make sure that we slot them the right way.
2: Here's how the conferences look in the initial top 25 rankings. Now, so we don't generally go that deep, um, though, the rankings do determine. Not just who has the ability to move up, but also uh, looking ahead for conference matchups as well as different bowl games that are part of the college football playoff system. So first rankings include five teams from the SEC, ACC, and Pac-12, and then four each from the Big Ten and the Big 12 two from the American Conference. Uh, So I'm not going to read you all top 25, uh, but the Tennessee-Georgia game coming up is a a perfect example of why these rankings can be a conversation starter. And generally, what the committee always tells us is that they release these rankings. And we know this to be true. They release the rankings so that they feel like they have more eyeballs and attention on some of these matchups going forward into the final month of conference play and then on into the conference championships, which are in early December. Uh, So yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. A can't miss game on Saturday between number one Tennessee and number three defending national champion Georgia. Alabama's always an interesting case study. Not on top this year. Of course, lost the game to Tennessee. That is not only the best win of the year, and that's what Corrigan said, why Tennessee got the edge at number one, because it's the best win of any team in college football. That's the best win this year. Uh, And for Alabama, it's the only loss. So why is Alabama... Number six, well, this is an opportunity for the Crimson Tide to climb, right? They've certainly got chances on their schedule, opportunities on their schedule. But it's also different for them, too. And I am pretty confident that Nick Saban loves a challenge. So let's go. Let's see if the Crimson Tide can make history yet again. They've been ranked in the top three of all of the other Initial rankings. So going back the past six years since we got to this college football playoff format, every time the first set of rankings had been unveiled, Alabama had been in the top three. Never been lower than number six in these first rankings, and and that goes back to 2014, so it does not include this group of Crimson Tide players. I think, again, if you're asking Nick Saban, he's never one to shy away from adversity. He's never one to shy away from a challenge. I think he actually prefers it when his team is not being held up as the gold standard. Why? Because he doesn't want his kids to believe their own press. He doesn't want his kids to think that they can walk onto a field and their poo doesn't stink and just by showing up, they're gonna win games. Nah, it's better if you learn how to win because you weren't the favorite. And and that to me is right in Nick Saban's wheelhouse. Just one more college football note. We had heard from both Jim Harbaugh of Michigan and Mel Tucker of Michigan State. Going back Monday, they made their comments about what happened in the tunnel uh, and that loss uh from the Spartans of the Spartans to the Wolverines on Saturday night and, and the, the couple of guys that were punched and actually had injuries. Uh, and so now you've got four more players who have been suspended indefinitely. So that was announced on Tuesday by Michigan State. So this now joins the four that had been suspended Earlier, like literally on the heels of this skirmish in the tunnel, and so Mel Tucker and the athletic department or the athletic director there at Michigan State are saying they're working with law enforcement and the conference, the Big Ten conference. They're trying to go through video. They're looking at the evidence and the facts. Um, they're they want to take more steps to to prove that they take this very seriously and this not was this wasn't just boys being boys or. Um, tempers and emotions running high. No, it's unacceptable. And Jim Harbaugh has been so upset about it. He's been so angry about it that he actually said apologies are not going to work. I fully expect there to be criminal charges Um, because you can see some of the video. There's video that's been released by local news organizations and the video show a group of Spartan players actually assaulting Jaden McBurrows, uh, who's, I'm sorry, Jaden McBurrows, who is... The Michigan defensive back, uh, one of the guys that was that was injured. There were two that were injured, and so it's it's a it's a, it's a serious situation. It's a situation that definitely requires action and quickly. It's bigger than football, which I think is really important. I know these are young men. I know they're college students, and it's a learning opportunity but it doesn't mean that they can use football and emotions running high in a rivalry game as an excuse to attack another human being. There's got to be some context there as well, and so I appreciate that Michigan State is taking this seriously. Um, I, I don't know about the criminal charges, but as Jim Harbaugh said, I wouldn't be surprised because this is serious stuff, and, and it was an attack, really. It wasn't just a fight. It, it was an attack on multiple guys. On Twitter after hours CBS on our Facebook page too. You've got a couple minutes left to send your questions to producer Jay's attention. Ask Amy anything is straight ahead, but before we ask Amy anything, we're gonna ask Andy anything. Whenever it comes to Andy Reading Candy, oh my goodness. Well, Andy reading any kind of food, he has the best answers. <laughs> we really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone fifteens, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone fifteens?
0: You better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone fifteens on us. 4 lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto-pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
5: After the end of a good fight you deserve a nice cold reward.
2: That'll be fun, too. It's our hump show.
6: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Time
4: to ask Amy anything. Sort of.
2: Hit me with your best shot. anything, but producer Jay found this fantastic, and I mean humorous, cute, fun, totally on brand, answer from Andy Reid when someone asked Andy anything about his favorite Halloween candy.
6: I've got two favorite candies for sure, Uh, peanut coated m ms I mean, I I love those peanut m ms actually, and then uh, Mr. Goodbar, it seems like every time I (laughs) walk by. Mr. Goodbar, he calls me, you know, and says, Andy, come eat me. So uh, I very seldom pass those up. Um, The costume that I remember most is probably a Batman costume, which uh, as a portly kid, that was probably not a good look, but I felt like it was. I felt like I could fly.
2: I absolutely love Andy Reid. He does not take himself too seriously, and, and he's so genuine. He just is who he is, which is another reason why, Young men, athletes want to play for him. So ask Andy anything. Might be way more fun than ask Amy anything. I don't think I'm that funny. Uh, So thank you, Coach Reed. Mr.
6: Goodbar, he calls me, you know, and says, Andy, come meet me.
2: It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Producer Jay told me that we were having trouble coming up with any type of quality question. I hope that the peeps rallied.
4: They did a little bit. It was a little slow to start. I was a little disappointed. But as always, we got some people who always come through.
2: Oh, I was going to say. Wait, it's the same people? No, not always. It's like you have an army of people who respond when you call? I guess there's a few. You could call them an army. The, okay. the
4: asking Me Anything a army. A few. But...
2: You could call them an army. Well, we should tell peeps that coming up soon, we're going to do another version of asking me anything on video so it'll be for thanksgiving so even now producer Jay will start to look at your questions around say a holiday and thanksgiving food family friends fun football theme okay
4: well with that i guess i'll have to start here so thomas wants to know would after hours ever consider a thanksgiving pie eating contest for a new youtube video
2: Because Jay, first of all, Jay loves sweets and would eat them all the time. So he would be in. But the problem is that Jay can eat anything he wants and never gain an ounce. If I go through a pie eating contest, which I think would be glorious in the moment until I threw up, the problem is I then have to burn off all those calories. It's a major reason why I don't drink alcohol. Because I like my calories in the form of sweets and I don't want to, have to burn them off. Uh, so I, I just don't think that's fair it's not so much the pie eating contest as it is the aftermath and i'm i'm a big-boned italian girl i've got to watch what i eat and so i don't that's my only thing it's not so much about the pie because i think that would be great uh although who's gonna make the pie certainly not you i would end up making the pie Uh, so it's a lot of work for me but the problem is that after all those calories then i it's like shoots my dessert budget so to speak for the next like three weeks and i just I don't think I want to do that. I like pie. I want to enjoy my pie. I don't want to snort it through my nose.
4: What's a different Thanksgiving food that could work in a contest form? Mashed potatoes? Mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So
2: good. <laughs> so good.
4: All right. Um, so Matt wants to know, and this was an interesting question. He goes, if it was OK with your producer, I guess that's me. So I got to get, I get Wait, my permission on this one.
2: My producer? You? That I would be so. you? That would be if, me. OK, hold on. Let me just get this straight. He wants to know, before I even know the question, if it's okay with your producer. Correct. Okay. I got to get producer Jay's approval for this. Yes. All this right. question
4: requires my approval. Wow. Okay. <laughs> if it was okay with your producer, would you move home base for after hours to Houston, Texas?
2: What? Without asking, (laughs) Producer Jay, uh, I would say no. And it's not – my mom lives there, and I love Texas. It's just I love Four Seasons as well, and I would have a really hard time living in a place where it's that hot and humid so much of the year. I don't enjoy it. My mom doesn't enjoy it, and she's not going to be there forever. They're in Houston for my mom's husband's work, and so they don't plan to retire there. Um, They're not going to stay there forever. So at some point, they will be moving – most likely back toward the East Coast, uh, probably mid-Atlantic or a little farther south. So no, but if you're asking me would I ever consider moving After Hours home base somewhere other than the New York City area... I don't even need to ask Producer Jay. I already know this. The answer is hell to the yeah. We would go somewhere else if we could. And I suppose that's always a possibility. Oh, I'm I'm saying we, just I'm including you. Oh, yeah, it's okay with me. Right, right, exactly. We've actually had this conversation before because even though he's from New York, I'm not. New York is a load. It's a headache. And it's expensive. And we work in radio. So there's a lot of reasons why we would be happy for a new adventure. And yes, Producer Jay would approve moving the show. Somewhere else. See you in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm so in, it's not even funny.
4: <laughs> all right, well, you mentioned seasons and you like seasons. So Eric says, I know that fall is one of your favorite seasons. Yes. And he asks, what region or state do you most enjoy the fall colors?
2: I cannot say any other state but New Hampshire. Granite State, live free or die, baby. That's where I grew up. That's where I uh, used to do all of my leaf peeping and hiking and time outdoors with the family. I would not be a true New Hampshire girl if I did not answer New Hampshire. So, yes, New Hampshire, upstate New Hampshire, the White Mountains specifically. And uh, on top of Mount Washington on the, say, 30% of the year when it's clear, you can see for miles and miles and miles, and it's absolutely incredible.
4: Speaking of nature and scenes in Montana, <laughs> Phil wants to know, really? how many national parks have you been to?
2: Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Uh, I've been to a lot of them in, so say east of the Mississippi. I've been to a few uh, west of the Mississippi, more the central United States, southwest United States, but there's so many in the northwest uh, and really going west of the Rockies that I would love to see. A lot of them in California, in Nevada. Uh, there, there's a ton that I still would like to get to. Uh, Utah, even though I have been to, to multiple places in Utah, I don't know the exact number. I'll say a couple dozen, but there's many more that I need to see. And, in fact, the Grand Canyon is on the list. Yes. In fact, in the next few months, the Grand Canyon is on the list.
4: Absolutely is.
2: That's a tease. <laughs> All
4: right, ready for this one? Al wants I to want know, to take a
2: bite of my apple, but okay. I mean, you no, second.
4: that's rude. Al wants to know, what's your go-to starter word for Wordle?
2: Oh, my gosh. I love that question. Actually, I do not use the same word. Do you know in order to make life more challenging and Wordle more challenging, I refuse to use the same word every day. I change the word up every single day. I do not use the same. Well, it it may be something that I thought about or heard, or maybe it's something that I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, This morning, I went with prove. Recently, I went with Grace. Uh, I've, I went with, oh my gosh, what was the one I did uh, slots recently? I just I come up with different words because I think it's more fun that way than starting with the same word every time.
4: I like that strategy. Yeah. Shirley says, you mentioned that you have friends in Ecuador. I do. I was wondering, Shirley was wondering, <laughs> if, if, if you have ever visited Ecuador and or the Galapagos.
2: I've actually not been to the Galapagos. I do have friends who've been, uh, certainly people that I know in Ecuador, who've been, and they say it's phenomenal. Um, I've been to, oh gosh, I've been to the capital city, Quito. I've been to Guayaquil. I've spent multiple uh, weeks up in the Andes Mountains, two miles above sea level. Holy cow, it makes the Rockies look small. Uh, So I've been to multiple places in Ecuador, but have not taken that trip it's actually a plane flight out to the galapagos i would love to though if for no other reason to, than to see the tortoises
4: oh, this one's interesting peter says this is a little story peter tells he goes i was lucky enough to randomly meet and have a five minute chat with a former prime minister when i worked for a small airline here in vancouver okay have you ever met anyone a bit more special unexpectedly unexpectedly in your line of work that wasn't an athlete
2: I once performed in front of the president of the United States. I don't know if that... That's cool. Well, but it it wasn't just me. I mean, it was my... It was in New Hampshire. It was my entire school. We put on a performance. Um, So that was pretty amazing. That goes back to when I was a kid and I actually sang a solo. I was wearing red, white, and blue on the steps of the statehouse and I sang a solo. You soloed
4: for the president of the United
2: States? Well, I mean, he, he... yeah, but it wasn't just him. There was like bazillions of people there. It's it was just a, him. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I I did that, um, and it yeah, it was a big deal. Uh, I was scared as heck, but it was like I said, it wasn't just me. It was like my entire school. We were performing, and there were other people in in the. I mean, there was thousands of people there, Jay. It wasn't like just the president. I mean, the president was in attendance. Right, I didn't meet the president, if that's what you're asking. But yeah, that was pretty cool. I'm trying to think, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that I've ever randomly come across anyone famous or special outside of this world of sports. Sorry. I'm not that cool.
4: Oh, the president's pretty cool.
2: Well, (laughs) I mean, I didn't meet him, but. I'll
4: end here with a little rapid fire. Sculpt or paint?
2: Paint. Salty snack or sweet? Salty. Farmhouse or beach house? Oh, stop it. Beach house right now, but I love farmhouses. Backstroke one
4: mile or butterfly swim a half mile?
2: No, backstroke. I'm better on the back.
4: Have gills or have wings?
2: Wings, baby. When I was a kid, all I ever wanted to do was fly. I tried. I jumped off second story balconies and flapped my arms as a four-year-old. It didn't work.
4: Last one here. Go
2: fish or old maid? Old maid. <laughs> it's after hours on CBS Sports Radio.